Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's lift our hands and just worship the Lord. Thank Him. Praise His holy name. Let's tell the Lord we're grateful for His love and His mercy. And his kindness. And like we've just sang to the Lord. There are no walls he will not tear down. There are no lies he will not go through. Just to reach out to us. Let's express our love to God this evening. Let's thank him from the depth of our hearts. Let's appreciate the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Lift your voices and thank him. And praise His holy name. And praise His holy name. And say, Father, I give you praise and glory. We thank you, Father. Oh, we praise your holy name. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. That never runs dry. We thank you for your provisions. We thank you for your mercy. There is none like unto you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we worship you. We honor you for your goodness. We thank you for your mighty work. Let your name be praised and be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. Amen. Amen. Walk up to four people, greet them, tell them good evening, good to see you. In the house of God, say it with a smile. Say it like you really mean it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, such a joy to see every one of you tonight. Um, I think you already got the, you should have the flyer for the Sunday service already. We'll have a victory service this Sunday where we're going to learn the word of God and most importantly, through prayer and the laying on of hands, uh, effect the victory that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. This evening, how many of you were here on Sunday when I taught on transformed by mind renewal? Were you in church? Okay, so I I just want to uh, continue on that message. We talked about seven essential areas where our mind needs to be renewed so we can experience the will of God. Our anchor scripture was Romans chapter 12. If you'll turn your Bibles there again. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual service of worship. I'm using the New American Standard Bible. All right, thank you. Verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow the world dictate how you live. Don't allow the world shape how you see things. Don't fall into the mold of the world. And if we're not careful, even as children of God, it's easy to allow the world um, determine how we live, determine how we approach issues, determine how we even talk. But it says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't take on the shape of the world. You know, many times, uh, how, how do I put it? A lot of people think that they know what they're doing outside of God's word. Right? Uh, you know, when you talk to anybody, anybody you talk to now, they'll say, it's my life. You know, I, I wrote something on that and shared it to our local church, some, some members of our local church. You, you hear when people make this statement, it's my life, I know what I'm doing. Or it's, you know, actually, your life is not your life. You're connected to many people. Do you follow what I'm saying? Are you here? Say amen or something. All right, that's better. Your life is connected to many people. Whatever you do now, praise God, even though you're married, pastor, whatever you do now, your mom is still alive. Somebody will call your mom. Say, look at what your child did. You know, no matter how many children you have, your mother will not call you father. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, you're, 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 you are still a child. Are you following what I'm saying? So your actions would affect your wife. Your actions will affect your children. That's why you see, after many years, some people will say, Oh, is this person's child? They say, Whose child? They say, That man that does not hear word. But the man is dead. So uh, our lives are connected. Are you following this? Our lives are connected. Have you, let me use an example you can understand. Those of you who live in compounds that there's somebody who doesn't pay light bill. Not you. <laughs> but you know those compounds where there's one person who does not pay light bills. You will argue and argue. How many of you know that kind of compound? Right? And when the electric power authority comes, what happens? They will just cut everybody in the compound. Now, that person's irresponsibility has also affected just the fact that you live together. So, you, you, you must be conscious of that. You must be conscious of that. That your life has a far-reaching effect than you can ever imagine. There are people who are even looking up to you that you're not aware. Are you following this? There are people following you that you're not aware. So, you have to be conscious of the kingdom of God in anything you do. Now, we talked about renewing the mind. The Bible says, and not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And the reason I say that is that that is a statement that the world is pushing right now. You hear people say that all the time. Do what makes you happy. It's your life. 
you know, just do what do, just do you. I'm just doing me. <laughs> Don't do you. All right? Don't just do what makes you happy. Do what is right. Because your happiness might not be the right thing. Do we understand that? Your, your happiness might not be the right thing. So you do what is right. That's not conforming to the world. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means you've got to change the way your mind talks about, uh, things about. We talked about that the upper Sunday. If you don't, if you were not here, get the message and listen to it. Renewing your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. So the word renew, we said in the Greek, means to renovate. To renovate. You've got to change the way you think. Yeah, we talked about seven areas. The first two we dealt with that Sunday was our perception of the kingdom of God. That we ought to think that we are advancing the kingdom. We're not relenting. We're pushing the kingdom. We're advancing. You know, that's the way I think. I think advancement. I think progress. You're not thinking like quitting. We're not just waiting for the day we'll be zapped to heaven. We're here as an occupying army. We're here to gain territory for God. Alright, so we have that warfare mindset. We're not just here to quit and allow poverty, sickness and stuff to run us over. We're here to overcome. you got to think that way. Then number two, I talked about how we respond in relationship. And I talked about the proof of Christianity is... Uh, uh, the, proof of, the proof of Christian maturity is our ability to walk what? In love. First Corinthians 13, 13. How do I know that you're a matured believer? Is your love walk. Should love walk. And your love walk is rated by how you love the unlovable. It's not how you love your friends. It's how you love those who despitefully use you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus told us to love our enemies. He didn't say we should pray against them. He said we should love them. And that's where it's difficult for people because naturally we want to hate those who are persecute us or who are against us. You know, um, I was somewhere one day and uh, a pastor was talking to me about ministry and he was asking, he was talking about enemies. So he was asking me that if I have any, that do I have enemies? I said, I've not even thought about I've not even thought about it. You know, God cannot bless you with many friends around your life and you're taking your energy to think about whether you have enemies. It's the wrong focus. Alright? You know, sometimes people spend so much thinking about what they don't have and they forget what they have. I don't think about what I don't have. I don't think about what does not impact my life at the moment. So why should I be conscious about who my enemy is? My enemy is not my greatest focus in ministry. My enemy is not my greatest focus in life. My greatest focus in life should be my friends. How well I'm connected with my friends. How well I look after my friends. How well I'm giving value to my friends. If you focus on the wrong thing, you will have the wrong approach to life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't think of what you don't have. That's not your problem. What you don't have is not your problem. It's what you have that you're not paying attention to. That's your problem. Okay, I mean, you know, there are pastors who can sing, they would sing and sing before they preach. Um, I don't sing, 
That's not my problem. It doesn't stop my church from growing. There's no criteria in the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 where it says he gave them pastors and singing pastors. That's just something you can do and I can't do it. And there's no, I, I don't even try. You know, then there are people who cannot sing. They want to try to learn how to sing. Then I'll say, well, instead of trying to learn how to sing, why don't you try and learn God's word more? Because that's exactly what God has called you to do. There are people who can sing. I mean, like, I mean, like, praise song. I mean, let them sing whatever they want to sing and then you preach what you want to preach. And someone say, well, you know, in singing, we bring the presence of God. And I'm like, I carry his presence. The one I carry doesn't require singing to be activated. Because he's following me everywhere I go. I mean, there's, there's a place of worship, but you can't focus on what God has not given to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you're a singer, don't try to interpret the Bible before you sing. Just sing. Because that's when you now come up and start saying all kinds of things. Around the throne of God, when angels see God, they'll shout hallelujah. They turn again, they see God, they'll shout hallelujah. That's not your place to interpret scriptures. Just sing. If you learn to stay where you are called, you will make progress. Are you still here? Come on, tell me, say amen. Okay, now, we're looking at two more things today. Let's see. Um, words, words. You have to renew your mind where words are concerned. You have to renew your mind where words are concerned. Don't talk like the world. Don't talk like the world. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, Let your speech always be with grace. Always be with grace. As though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Okay? Have you ever eaten a food that has no salt? How does it taste? Does it taste good? How does it taste? Huh? It's tasteless. It tastes black. You can't. You don't want to eat so much. So I'll ask you. Have you ever spoken words that had no salt? <laughs> huh? If your words lack grace, they lack salt. And you know, the Bible did not say how you talk to believers. It says so you know how to respond to everyone. I know you don't like policemen. But let your words contain grace. You have to renew your mind. Hmm? You have to learn how to be graceful in your words. Uh, the New Living Translation says, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you would have the right response for everyone. We're currently building a new auditorium for our teenagers and the road construction is going on in front of the church. So, we spent some money to do the, the bridge you can use to get into church, but then the government is taking everything away because they want to build new roads. So, 
Because we spent some money there. I wanted to take the hard call back. So I, I mean, when they were walking, so I went and I was talking to the guy. And then these youth community guys came, you know, they wanted it because they were going to sell it. You know. And some of my team people were angry. You know, they were upset, obviously. But I just went there. You know, I was talking to the guy very gently, talking to the guy very gently, talking to the guy very gently. And then he now said, uh, okay. Ah, that if you are talking like this, what about the pastor of this church? You know, he didn't know I was a pastor. So I just said, yeah, the pastor is not around, but it's the same way he will talk to you. He now said, okay. So they allowed us to take it. So when I went back, I was telling them that, see, you can go there. I want to do fire for fire. At the end of the day, you just cause confusion. The scripture has already told us how to respond. That a soft answer turns away wrath. You are angry, but be gracious. Your anger does not work the righteousness of God. You know, that thing in you that still wants to show that I don't want people to look down on me, deal with it. That's why you cause trouble everywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, they don't know who I am. They don't know who I am. You don't need to reveal who you are. If you are really who you think you are, they will know you. If they don't know you, that means you are not who you think you are yet. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, a Christian must be gentle. You must be gentle. And I found this very interesting sometimes when, when I call people on the phone and they don't know it's me. I just call. And, Hello? Yeah, talk now, talk. And then I say, my name is Maxwell Okaga. Maxwell, woo, woo. <laughs> then I say, Maxwell. Uh, pastor, yeah, ah, where else are? And, and it's, it's, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. I'll never, I've never introduced myself as a pastor. Anywhere I go, what's your name? I'll say, I'm Maxwell Okaga. And sometimes people see me, they know me, and they don't know me. Because... It's not the pulpit that defines who I am. It's my character. So when you take away the pulpit from me, take away the poster from me, I'll still be able to relate because what? I've got the character of Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't talk to people nicely because they are in positions of authority. The Bible says let's know how to respond to everyone. Let your words be seasoned with salt. Especially... In this our lovely city of worry where we are master of words. Hmm? We are master of all kinds of slangs that cut people down. Words will transform your life. Learn how to respond with grace. Ephesians 5.4. Let's read that. There must be no filthiness, nor silly talk. Or coerce jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. No silly talks. Not everything is a joke. Hmm? Coerce jesting, which is not fitting. There are certain words that are not fitting for you. I have to train my church over time. Don't use the word, my hustle, my hustle, my hustle. No, it's the blessing of the Lord. That makes rich. That's your business. Use a better word for it. There are words that should not come out of your mouth. We the poor masses. You're not. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You're the blessed of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. 
He says, silly jokes. Silly jokes. Renew your mind. There are jokes you shouldn't say. There are jokes you shouldn't say. There are words that should not come out of your mouth. It's not fitting. There are things that, you know, God's word gives us guides on how to use our words. Because your words will shape your life. If you know how to communicate properly, people will, I mean, um, there's hardly any of the youths in this ministry that if I need them to get something done for me, they, will, they wouldn't do it. Sometimes it's the way you talk to people. It's the way you communicate with people. If you're always talking to people like you're above them, you know, like, you know, I'm the one in charge. I'm the one in authority. True authority doesn't talk that way. Praise God. Husbands and wives know the kind of words you use. And most times we use the right words until we're angry. You know, <laughs> when people are angry, hey, man, I'm telling you. Oh boy. Words come out. And they tell you, I've just been keeping quiet for you. I've just been keeping quiet for goats. I've been keeping quiet for you. <laughs> and you know, sometimes people are angry, you wonder. And that's, that tells you the true state of that person. That's who the person really is. That's why you must not allow anger to control your speech. And don't feel that if you don't use those words, people will not respect you or people will not fear you. No. Stay with the word of God. Hallelujah. Stay with God's word. Use the right words. Use words of hope. Use words um, filled with positivity, with God's word. Hallelujah. You see, things are getting worse in the world. We talk about that on Sunday. Things are getting expensive. Everything is going up. What words are you speaking? Have you already killed yourself before you went to the market? But I tell you, in the midst of all of this, we have God's word over us that we will thrive. We have God's word over us that we will increase. You see, the, the miraculous walking power of God works in times like this. Don't use words to bring your life down. Use your words to uplift your life. And so the Bible says, we should not have what? Coerced jesting or filthiness. Um, the scripture calls it silly talk. And it was writing to Christians. Because some Christians have silly talk. <laughs> they talk silly things. And Paul was writing to Christians. He wasn't writing to all believers. Say, I don't want to hear silly talks from your mouth. So you have to guard your words. Over your children, over your life, over your finances, over your marriage, over your ministry. You have to be conscious of your words. There are certain words you must not say. There are certain words that must not come out of your mouth. If you want to see progress, you must keep your mouth 
from evil. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians 4 29. Let no unwholesome words proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. The word edification means to build up. Just like Ephesians 4 verse 11 says that the ministry gifts are given to edify the saints. What he's trying to say is that whatever words come out of your mouth should build someone up. That means after someone I've heard you speak, they should be built up. Don't use your words to cut down people. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Can you use maybe the New, the New Living Translation or maybe message? But preferably the New Living Translation. Let your words build. Look at this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Praise God. Don't use foul or abusive language. Mothers, you have to renew your mind where your children are concerned, especially when they start irritating you. Hmm? When you've told them stop seven times and they won't stop. Don't use foul language. There are words my children have never heard from my mouth. Never. Never. And they will never hear it. And so when I hear them speak those words, I know that, well, they won't speak it, but if I hear, I would know probably they picked it somewhere else. There is no amount of anger. A child will make you angry and you call them a fool. You shouldn't do that. You have to renew your mind. And some of you, you call fool with, with beating. Fool, fool, fool. <laughs> Don't do that. It shouldn't come out of your mouth. Won't build up the child. The child would have done something that is foolish. It's an act. It's an event. It's not the person. It, it can be tough, especially when you're angry. That's why you must learn to control your anger. Because most people say things they shouldn't say in the moment of anger. But when words are released, words cannot be taken back. That's why the scripture says, study to be quiet. Praise God. Study to be quiet. Don't talk too much. A, a Christian shouldn't talk too much. In the multitude of words, they want no sin. That's why I, you know, when, when people um, gossip and, um, and, and then I hear, I, I feel sorry for them because it's actually people who are not busy. Uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's people who really do not have something to do with their lives 
that will sit down and for hours and hours and hours talk about something or talk about someone. Now this is funny that they don't have information about. Everything is assumption. So I'm thinking that you say you are thinking right. You are thinking. Both of you don't even know what's happening. And between these two adults, it's very simple. All you need to do is take up the phone and call the person involved. But they wouldn't do that. And they waste hours and waste hours. And it's because they are not busy. <laughs> There's nothing occupying your life. You're, you're less productive. You know, some time ago, something came up. And uh, a dear minister of God reached out to me. And he said, there, this person called me and told me this. This one told me this. This one told me this. This one told me this. He always told me a lot of things that people told him. So I asked him. I said, uh, then he said, uh, that's why I'm calling you. I said, well, nobody has called me. Eh, he said, eh. I said, because they know I'm busy. He said, so are you saying I'm not busy? I said, that's not what I'm saying. But if you had the time to listen to over 20 people on this issue, and I haven't heard anybody, it's because they know you would listen to them. There are things you shouldn't listen to. Praise God. There are things you shouldn't listen to. You know, one day someone called me. He said, I heard this about this person. I said, have you told them? He said, no. I said, so why are you telling me? He said, I just want you to hear. I said, I don't want to hear. Whatever you heard, go tell them and find out if it's true. If it's not true, I don't want to hear. He said, eh, because you are close to him. I said, I don't want to hear. So he said, eh. I said, okay. Then I said, him, this is the last time you call me on anything you heard. Because I don't have the time to process unverified information. It will take my time. It will take my energy. If you're busy with your life, unwholesome words will not come out of your mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And because that's the way I've trained myself over the time, and, and this might be an extreme side of it, but when I even hear that people are dead, I, I'm not always in a hurry to inform others. I, I don't know why people take pleasure in that. I, have you heard this person has died? Hey! Have you heard this person has died? Hey! <laughs> why are you in a hurry? Huh? So, so everybody's confirming the death from you. You were not there. But what happened the last minute that the person died? The person died in Abuja. You are here. What happened in the hospital? You have it. He said, this thing I'm telling you, I'm telling you in the hospital. Two minutes before the man died, he opened one of his eyes. He said, I'm gone. Okay. You were not there. We, we live in a society that um, it's almost like we take pleasure in the misfortune of others. We take pleasure in the evil occurrences of others. You have to be different about it. You have to renew your mind. Train yourself. Even when something bad happens, what's the good that can come out of this? Represent the good. Are you following what, what I'm telling you tonight? 
You have to renew your mind. You see, when there's trouble all, all around me, when there's trouble, when there's crisis in the church, amongst my friends, anywhere, I choose the part of a peacemaker. I might be angry with everything that's going on. Then I stand aside and I said, you know what? Everybody involved in this thing will be looking for ways in which this thing will go this way. I choose the part of peace. And then I start using words of peace. Because the scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers. We're not in this life to increase trouble. We're here to produce peace. Because the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, is what? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace is a fruit of the kingdom. Let your words be peaceable. And what I'm telling you, it will change your life. At your workplace, let your words be peaceable. In the home, let your words be peaceable. At the car park, wherever you walk, in the church, Praise God. Speak words of peace. Speak words that build people up. The last thing I'd like to talk about is your finances. You have to renew your mind where your finances is concerned. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Acts chapter 20 and verse 25. Here Paul was talking about how he labored with his hands. But then he said, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Renew your mind where finances are concerned. The world will tell you, hold on, gather more. What you have is not enough. But God will encourage you to be generous. God will encourage you to give. You know, most times when people give, it's not because they have a lot. It's because they've set their mind to be a blessing. Read, um, let's read. Let's read um, Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25. The generous man will be prosperous. And he who waters will himself be what? Watered. Learn to be generous. Learn to give. You see, let me tell you something. What you have will never be enough. There is no day... You're going to come to that place and say, you know what? What I have now is okay. No day. No day. You know, there are people who even borrow their tithe from God. Say, God, you know, this month is worried that he's in charge. Oh. <laughs> Let me just use the tithe to buy meat. Next month, I'll balance you. <laughs> Learn to give. Praise God. Learn to give. Even clothes. There's some of you that have clothes you might never use again. Hmm? Some of you 
have lost weight or have gained weight and you know that it will be difficult for you to go back to where you came from but you still tell yourself that shit I will wear you it's been two years and and I'll show you this right if you look at your life everybody here there are very few shirts you use in a year that's the truth everybody kind of like a particular shirt so you wear that shirt a lot and a few shirts if you actually look at your life you realize that there are clothes you haven't worn throughout last year you might likely not wear them again give them out I know seeing those clothes make you feel prosperous you stand in front of the mirror and say ah, I don't have clothes what will I wear eh? some of you have chains wristwatches things you might not use just give them out. Why are you keeping all those things for? If you die now, they'll share them to people you don't even like. And that's the worst thing. Where they now give your clothes to people you don't like. I know when some people are dead and they see where they are dividing their clothes, they, are almost, they almost feel like resurrected. I say, you don't wear it, I will die again, but don't wear that shit. <laughs> so why don't you give and be proactive it always looks like money is not enough, but we can trust God by faith and give to the local church and be of a blessing to our pastor, be of a blessing to people that have that, that need. See, giving is an act of faith. Nobody gives because they have enough. Everybody gives because they trust God. That what? The generous man will be prosperous. Decide to be generous. Renew your mind. Don't hold back. How do you start being generous? You are in this tricycle, this keke with an old woman. Your transport is 100, house is 100, pay for her. That's the way to start. You don't have to be, you don't have to start generosity by 1 million naira. Start it with 10 naira. Hmm? Start it. Start generosity with little amount of money. That little child you send on errand all the time. Bless them once in a while. Hmm? Don't be that uncle that when you call, everybody disappears. Be generous. Give some clothes out. Give some things you have you know you would not use out. Be of a blessing. You can be of a blessing. From that 1,000... You can use 200 to be of a blessing. You can use 150 to be of a blessing. Don't always fight for the extra change. Don't, <laughs> you know, Kekeman brings you to church, stops you here. And your change is 15 air. Service is going on. You're already late. You now follow the man and walk to Auntie Rose to look for change. And walk back. Then on your way back, God help you. Bike now, scrape your leg. Then you now use 500 naira to go and treat your leg. You see how your wisdom has brought increase. You, you've got to let go. It's not all the time you fight for your rights. Sometimes you just let a generous heart play out. Are you following what I'm saying? But this is what I want to tell you. Generosity does not start from how much you have. It just starts from your perspective about life. I can be of a blessing. What I have might not be enough, but I'll be a blessing.
What I have doesn't look like it's enough, but I'll be a blessing. And what do you do? You trust the Lord who says that a generous man will be prosperous, that God will curse his word to come to pass. Renew your mind. And let me say this. Lastly, renew your mind. Think abundance. Don't think lack. As difficult as things might seem to be in our nation today, there is abundance. There is abundance. Hallelujah. People will still build houses this year. People will still have jobs this year. People will still prosper this year. Don't think lack. Think abundance. Don't think that things are getting worse for you. The part of the jaws shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Renew your mind. Don't always think that things are getting worse. No, not for the household of faith. We are like the children of Israel. Why there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. I always believe that my life will always go brighter and brighter and brighter. That's what I believed. That's what I've lived. Our greatest days are ahead of us, not behind us. Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Hallelujah. Our best days are just in front of us. We, we are not looking back and saying, oh, in those days. No, 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 no. Our best days, our most victorious days are right ahead of us. We are walking into our blessing. We are walking into our prosperous place. We are walking into the place of increased glory to God. Hallelujah. That's where we're walking into. It says you've led us through the water. Led us through the fire. But you're leading us to our wealthy place. All what we are going through. You know, the Lord did not lead the children of Egypt to the wilderness. No. He didn't lead them to the wilderness. He led them through the wilderness so they can go on to Canaan. God's destination for every one of us is Canaan. Listen, God's destination for every one of us is Canaan. His destination for us is the promised land. Where we will eat fat and honey and grapes. That's God's mind. So the wilderness is just a transitory place. Praise God. The light affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory. So when you look at this year, don't think, oh, things are so bad. No, this is a year that you'll experience the goodness, the mercy, and the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. There are things you've been hearing as testimonies that's going to happen to you. Just will happen to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You put your faith on the line and act on the word of God. The blessing of God will come over your life. I believe that. I believe that this word works. And in spite of everything going on right now in this nation, the hand of the Lord is upon us for good. And we will be examples of the goodness and the mercy and the love and the favor of the Lord. 
So we renew our mind. We're not holding back. We're not stingy. We're givers. We're sowing. We're a blessing. Hallelujah. We're a blessing. Praise God. We are givers. Amen. And because we're givers, we are big receivers. God is stirring up people's hearts to be of a blessing to us. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.